I get to introduce us. I'm Jen, and this is Fat Mascara. Hi, it's Jess. I, I literally, right before we started, I was like, let me do the introduction. You always do the introduction. I didn't even know everyone clock that. You, you're, you're keeping score. No, but I just got excited to get us into this okay, episode because it's stretching. a good one. Okay, you stretch. Hold on, I gotta stretch. Keep that baby in there while you're doing your stretching. We so, got what two are we gonna to talk go. about today? We're gonna talk about the latest in beauty news with the headlines then. Silicon Valley's obsession with anti-aging. I tried to do that like 2020, you know, like <laughs> serious newscaster. And last but not least, last week we talked about briefly what your plan is for the beauty birth look, including <laughs> the hair removal. I just, what are you going to do before you go into the hospital? That's I'll tell what I'm you. Know. I'll tell you. So we'll talk about that. Who's our guest? Our guest is the fabulous Dr. David Rosenberg. He is a premier plastic surgeon, not just in New York City, but the country, the world. And he's also known as the nose guy. So we're going to talk about all things nose jobs. Beauty news, the I, week in beauty headlines. I still love the music. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> so Hermes just launched lipsticks. There's a ton of them. We actually did something with them for Harper's Bazaar. And I have to tell you, we were dazzled by the shades. There's a ton of shades, and some of them come in sheer, like kind of velvety matte, creamy, delicious. It's going to set you back 67 bucks each, though. European listeners, heads up. Matt and Marcus are doing a collaboration with Lancome, and sadly, this is not going to be available in the U.S. The After Dark collection will include an eyes-cold-as-ice kit and another for lips, the Flaming Lips Lips Kit. Um, no relation to the band. No plans for this to come to the U.S. <laughs> and another one for— I like your color commentary. You're like an anchor woman. Keep going. <laughs> and another one for our friends abroad, specifically in London or anyone who's going to travel there. Harrods just unveiled their new beauty hall. I feel like this beauty hall has been being revamped for like the past few years. But now it's going to clock in at 90,000 square feet— triple its original size, and it aims to bridge the gap between experience, technology, service. I love that there's a 30-seat auditorium for master classes, which can be live-streamed throughout the store oh and God. on our social channels. Call us. We'll do a podcast there. <laughs> uh, Kate Moss just did one there with Decorte. So I mean, ours will be equally yes, as popular. I, exactly. The wait lists are about the same. Um, <laughs> and there are 14 different treatment rooms, and some belong to Chanel, La Mer, Clay de Poe, La Prairie. You get it. This place is lush. And Finally, in a study published last week, Harvard University scientists showed exactly how the process plays out when your hair gets gray because of, like, stress. It's not a wives' tale. Stress activates the nerves that are part of the fight-or-flight response, which in turn cause permanent damage, permanent damage to pigment-regenerating stem cells and hair follicles. I knew it was That's true. That's crazy news. It was like a myth, and they kind of knew it happened, but they didn't know why. They always show that, like, photo of Obama, like, at the beginning of the term versus the end. And in this study, they actually talked about John McCain. And when he oh, yeah. was a prisoner of war, his hair went white. Barbara Bush, too, after her granddaughter died, her hair went white. Well, now we know why. Thank you, Harvard scientists. Thank you, Harvard. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mm-hmm. 
Hey everyone, it's Jen, and I have decided this is going to be the summer of uniform dressing. I'm going to have a few pieces on heavy rotation, and I'm telling you right now, they're all going to be linen, and they're all going to be from Quince. I don't know why I'm going so hard on linen right now, but it just feels right. And Quince specializes in timeless pieces made of premium fabric, and the best part is that all the Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. I am personally very into the 100% European linen pants. They're cropped and easy. There's even a cute pinstriped version. And when I wear them, I look like I just stepped off a yacht. Do I have a yacht? No. Do I know what yachters wear? No, but that's the vibe. The linen pants come in sizes extra small to 3X and they're less than $40. Okay, like 10 cents less, they're $39.90. But the quality is excellent and they wash really well. How does Quince do it? They cut out the cost of the middleman and pass the savings on to us. Plus, Quince works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash fat mascara for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com, Q-U-I-N-C-E, quince.com slash fat mascara to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash fat mascara. This episode of Fat Mascara is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. Therapy is a safe space to get those things off your chest. Plus, it can help you develop coping skills that make your life easier. I will give you an example. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, you've probably heard me say it to Jess or to a guest, reframe. Well, I learned that technique from a therapist. Here's an example. Now that I'm a freelance writer and podcaster, I get lonely working from home and I feel like I'm never gonna get to collaborate on projects again. And that's the truth. Reframe, I get to choose which projects I work on. So I'm in control of what I work on. And if I wanna collaborate more with others, I don't have to ask anyone's permission. I can just do it. See what I did there? That's reframing. If you've been thinking about starting therapy or are looking for someone to help you process things and give you coping skills, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash mascara today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash mascara. Again, betterhelp.com slash mascara. Jen, I read this article in the Washington Post and it's really been like sitting with me. Tell me. So it's about Silicon Valley, not the television show, but we're going to reference that in a second too. Mm -hmm. Some men say that cosmetic procedures are essential to a career. So we'll link to this whole article. You can read it. But it's it kind of like it made me sad, but it also was like super interesting to me because I love the show Silicon Valley. <laughs> Why are you sad? <laughs> because it just shows like the pressures of ageism. So basically. Yeah. The, the, well, like this is almost like a reverse ageism, right? Because they want to look younger. They want to look young. Well, no, it's regular ageism. It's, re- it's, it's plain old, good old-fashioned ageism. Which is funny because you'd think in Silicon Valley where experience and business knowledge gets you ahead. Like, Does it, st- though? Let's think about it. I mean. if Like 22 no, year old No, you want the startup app. guy. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, want yeah, the, yeah. The, You want the young person. So They've seen an increase in procedures over there? Yeah, the article is really interesting because there's a lot of like anecdotal stories. And basically, you know, there are doctors around, you know, Silicon Valley where they're saying like 35% of their 
patients are dudes mm-hmm. from the valley who are not even old. Like they're like yeah. 35 plus. 35 is like the key number mm-hmm. who are like my livelihood depends on me looking young, I say viral, vital, all those V words. And they're doing things like, you know, like getting Botox, coming in with like, you know, face apps to say like, I need my jaw to look like this. It's kind of the pressures that, you know, without making this super binary that women have been feeling for, you know, since the dawn of time are now hitting this group hard. But what's extra interesting, I think, is that a lot of the trends that we're seeing in wellness mm-hmm. and, you know, aesthetics are coming from this area. We've both we've both spoken about like how jawline surgery and like jawline procedures are getting bigger. Mm-hmm. This is like one of the top procedures there. Intermittent fasting. Do you know what that is? Yeah. Now we're getting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That started in, in Silicon Valley. See, this doesn't surprise me at all because I think about how they like self-optimization. Mm-hmm. Like those dudes are all about efficiency. Like yeah. get your computer program to work at its fullest extent. And I feel like if they have money, they're just like, this is just optimizing myself. These are the same guys that invented, I think it's called Soylent. Exactly. It's that food so the coder wouldn't have to leave to go get a meal and he could just drink his calories. Exactly. Like instead of him putting together a nice skincare routine like we do. He's like, or making just, himself a meal or like, God forbid, or taking, taking care 30 of minutes himself. for lunch. They're like, let's just do it the most efficient way possible. I'll go to the doctor's office. Done and done. So it's this very, you know, obsessive kind of like Spartan way to look at wellness. And I think um, – a kind of unforgiving I see ageism. Why the sadness creeps in when you. I think it's yeah. really sad because ageism is a is a problem. I think in the workplace, and it's one of the last ones that we talk about. We talk a lot about diversity and inclusivity, but yeah. ageism. This was interesting. IBM. This was in the article. Pushed out twenty thousand U.S. employees recently. Who and they were all 40 plus. I have to point out, though, also just thinking business wise, it's not because they're old. It's probably also because they're expensive. If you're trying to make your company run better, the most expensive employees that get the biggest salaries get cut off. And it didn't used to be like that. But well, I would say the most experienced. Get right. Cut well, off. you yeah. lose the experience. Yeah. So sure, you saved a couple bucks, but then you also, you know, lost these really experienced people. You know what? When you brought this story to my attention, all I could think about, though, was Jeff Bezos's glow up. Have you ever looked at oh, yeah. old pictures of Jeff Bezos? Yeah. He was like not a great looking guy and he looks like trimmer and he's fit and he definitely has had some injectables done. Completely. I, right. I can't say Musk, definitely. As a good yeah. journalist, I must say I don't know. Unlike the Saudi Arabians, I haven't hacked his phone. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm assuming he's had some injectables. So, uh, And the stats back this up. Cosmetic procedures for men, have they've tripled in the past two decades, but more recently, men undergoing non-surgical procedures. So that's things like, you know, Botox or Jeff therapy. Bezos's things. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> They've doubled from 2010 to 2016. Sorry, mm-hmm. that's the most recent data we have. Uh, but I don't know. If, do you watch Silicon Valley? Yes. So do you remember the episode with the blood boy? No. So Gavin Belsom was yeah. sitting in this chair and looked like, like a recliner chair. And then there was a kid next to him. <laughs> the character who was looks ridiculous. Like, I love him. Uh, Next to him was like this very like Aryan nation looking like young boy, like, you know, late teenager, early, early 20s. And he was getting a blood transfusion. From the young guy into yes, him? his blood boy so that he could <laughs> act younger. I mean, and the satire comes from a place of reality, so I'm it, sure. Here's the reality. Yeah. There's something called parabiosis. 
uh, which is a blood transfusion to reverse aging. And that's actually gaining steam. A company called Ambrosia LLC, they've launched clinical trials. And I was thinking back to your interview with like Dr. Barbara Sturm. I'm not saying she's doing anything apples to apples with this, but it's like this, this optimization of like tech plus like really kind of severe out of this world kind of I procedures. I need to do more research on that. Like you're putting someone else's younger blood into your body? Yes. That's insane. But like that, there's a reason. Like Silicon Valley is a brilliant show if you haven't watched it. Watch. Like, and in five years, I'll be like, I love my blood transfusions. It's, yeah, it's this very aggressive, like unforgiving, self-improvement, wellness BS. P.S. I do want to talk about the Goop show in a future episode. I need to watch it first. You got to watch it. It's good. All I know but, is Megan's in it and I keep seeing her face hi, on the preview. Hi, Megan. <laughs> I know. We saw you do Snoga, Megan O'Neill, a fellow beauty editor. But it's this obsession with wellness and self-optimization that is very, to me... Unwell. <laughs> you think you said it. <laughs> there you go. Jess, by the time this podcast comes out, it's possible you will have had a baby. I don't know. Any day now, right? I've been curious. It's, it's, I feel like I want to have her right now. When you <laughs> when you told me she has lots of hair, because the doctor told you, <laughs> it got me thinking, like, have you thought about your, like... My what, look? The, your your, your my, delivery room look. My delivery room look. Like, are you going to do a smoky eye? No, I think... Do they give you any guidelines of, like, you can't wear perfume, you know, like you're oh, getting surgery or so whatever? So I started packing my hospital bag. What about bag? nail polish? Are you okay. allowed to have nail polish? Okay, so I'm wearing gels now, and after actually we leave, if I'm feeling okay, because I'm feeling a little dicey right now, I'm gonna, I need to get the gels off, because I can't be, like, having birth, like, going to labor. And I then thought have, you weren't allowed to in case they have to, like, put the thing ugh, on your finger. Oh, gross. Okay, so okay. look, okay. Just getting the, getting the gels off, because I I want to just like be able to, and to the be nice fluid. shell pink manicure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll get a neutral manicure so that it's not going to be high maintenance if I go into delivery. Got it. Go into delivery, go into labor. And then I, I'm not going to be thinking about my nails. I will say I have thought about a fragrance. I, okay. That I want to know. And I also <laughs> want to know about the hair removal plan down there. Okay. I can't really shave my legs, but a weird thing happened in pregnant women. But you like, get waxed, right? Your not my leg. Line? Yeah, my bikini line. What I, are you going to do? I have to get that done, like, on Saturday. Nine months pregnant, you're going to get a bikini wax? Yes. I hope that, like, the people at European Wax Center are not freaked out. I'm I mean, sure they've seen this before. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Why not? Also, I like that I won't be able to see it because sometimes I, I watch. It's almost like you're not getting it for the birth. <laughs> it's like you know for the next month afterwards you're not going to be getting one, too. Right. So. But also, mm-hmm. like, no one should be down there for six weeks. Who, what do you mean? Like, no one should be seeing my hoo-ha. Oh. <laughs> the doctors are going to be the there. The doctors. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like off limits. It's like beep, like not even beep, like caution tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. So that's, it's going to be a danger zone. Um, I can't really <laughs> shave my legs at all safely because I can't bend down. I just picture you putting up like yellow caution tape at the hospital. Like, <laughs> nobody go behind this line. Like, Jeff, stay up here. Stay oh, with me oh, up here. Yeah. He has to be eye level or above. You don't want him to see her? There, no, there's going to be no, you know, it's so funny in the birth plan. Did I, did I tell you the birth plan document? I printed one out from the internet. Of course. And I just, my doctor was like, the birth plan is happy mommy, you know, healthy baby. Yeah. So I don't want you guys to think I'm psycho. But I just, I printed one out because everyone's like, what's your birth plan? Uh-huh. So I printed it out. And one of the things was like, do you want to, when the baby comes out, like, touch the head? Have your husband touch the head? Yeah. I think we should wait till the baby is hand delivered to like the. You chest don't want him there. pulling on it. 
No. I, he's got a PhD in chemistry, but no. <laughs> so you're going to keep him up near you and yeah, not Up down near there. me. Okay. okay. <laughs> oh I was like, God. do you want your I'm going to make him, I'm going to be texting him the whole time, be like, just tell me what's happening now. Tell oh, me yeah. what's happening now. There was even a thing like, you know, do you want video? Did I tell you about the mirrors? No. Oh, so maybe some of you ladies might have used this. And if it was a great motivational tool for you, awesome. It's going to sh- scare the hell out of me. <laughs> you can have mirrors like, Right oh, beneath they'll you. they'll place them at the foot of the bed. So that you can, A, watch all the action, and B, they say it's highly motivating if you see that the baby is, like, half out. You can kind of, like, gauge where you are. I'm not I, sure I want to see that. Okay, so no mirrors for you. No mirrors. <laughs> okay, no mirrors. Okay. Bikini back, wax. Back to the grooming. Shell pink nails. Shell, shell pink. Um, and fragrance. Fragrance, so important. I hope that they are not a fragrance-free zone. There's going to be a lot of fragrances in that room. I can guarantee you. Oh, oh, gross. Sick, sick, sick. She started laughing and then the fear just came over I just realized what she meant. Um, Right now— I'm not talking about perfume, honey. (laughs) I have a mini Rose de Grasse from Erin. Okay, that I'm bringing. It's already packed in my hospital bag. Like in a in a lovely handkerchief, so you can just like. No, it's, like it's a, a little mini. No, bottle. but I'm picturing oh, yes, like an old like smelling like salt. Yeah, like smelling salts. Okay, um, Rose And that's I a also scent. brought <laughs> home. It's actually in this bag. I'm pointing to my 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 tote bag on the floor right now. The new Joe Malone has. I think there may be an embargo on <laughs> this. Birth brought to you by Joe Malone. <laughs> I brought a Joe Malone pillow and like linen Do you mist. Think any other person has thought about what perfect to wear to the hospital when they give birth. My baby needs to come into the world <laughs> smelling roses. I want her to be light. I want her to be free. I want, baby, She's I'm looking at you now. Smelling roses. I want the world okay. to meet you where you are. I cannot wait to talk to Jeff about this. She's got. I, why should she smell hospital smell when she comes out? It's going to be hard Jess, enough. She's going to be a beauty, and it's going to go well. <laughs> and I have only good thought. This is all. Knock I like on it. wood from your lips to God's ears. Absolutely. Hey everyone, it's Jen, and I have decided this is going to be the summer of uniform dressing. I'm going to have a few pieces on heavy rotation, and I'm telling you right now, they're all going to be linen, and they're all going to be from Quince. I don't know why I'm going so hard on linen right now, but it just feels right. And Quince specializes in timeless pieces made of premium fabric, and the best part is that all the Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. I am personally very into the 100% European linen pants. They're cropped and easy. There's even a cute pinstriped version. And when I wear them, I look like I just stepped off a yacht. Do I have a yacht? No. Do I know what yachters wear? No, but that's the vibe. The linen pants come in sizes extra small to 3X and they're less than $40. Okay, like 10 cents less, they're $39.90. But the quality is excellent and they wash really well. How does Quince do it? They cut out the cost of the middleman and pass the savings on to us. Plus, Quince works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash fat mascara for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com, Q-U-I-N-C-E, quince.com slash fat mascara to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash fat mascara. Summer is fast approaching, which means it's shapewear season. 
Just kidding. It's really wedding season. But I just got an invitation to a wedding in Philadelphia, and guess what I'll be wearing? Honey Love. I'm not sure about the rest of the outfit or the dress, but the shapewear is going to be Honey Love. Here's why. Honey Love has revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating when you're wearing shapewear. Plus, they have lingerie-inspired design details that you'll want to show off, and all their fabrics are breathable to keep you nice and cool, which is perfect for hot days. Let me tell you a story. I remember being at a wedding, this was a few years ago, pre-Honey Love, and I wore a jumpsuit, and I wasn't sure if the bathroom door locked well, but I had to take off the entire jumpsuit and then roll down the shapewear to pee, and I was like holding onto the back of the door at the same time, completely naked in the bathroom, and it took so long, and I caused this whole backup of the bathroom line, and after that, I was like, never again. Until Honey Love came along. Honey Love's superpower shorts have a 100% cotton gusset so you don't have to wear underwear underneath. And there's a convenient opening in the underwear area so you don't have to take off the whole thing to go to the bathroom. It's so easy. Honey Love products make you look good and feel good. Whether it's for a wedding, event, an everyday boost of confidence, Honey Love is the perfect plus one. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com mascara. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off. That's honeylove.com slash mascara. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Honeylove.com slash mascara for 20% off. The summer vibes are just getting started, so shape your life with Honey Love. Okay, everyone... I am one of those people who, when it comes to wellness, sorry, but it's got to fit into the pockets of my day. Five minutes here, seven minutes there, when I'm like in the kitchen and I'm microwaving something long, it's got to be convenient. And that is why Aloe Moves works for me. My mindset has changed. The app makes it easy for me to keep my wellness routine on track because they have everything in one place and bite-sized little bits. Yoga, Pilates, fitness classes, mindfulness, self-care tips, healthy recipes, so much more. From beginner to advanced, Aloe Moves has the flow or class that's going to fit into your schedule. Their classes range from five minutes to an hour, depending on what you're feeling that day. You know what feeling I'm feeling most days? I'm feeling 10 minutes. I've been doing that's good. Joanna Thompson's. Right? That's about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. 10 minutes. Joanna Thompson does these yoga lotties in 10. One day will be abs. One day will be arms. Today, Jess, is booty day. And we're just <laughs> going to get it done all in 10 minutes. If you're trying to get a good sweat, then you've got to try their award-winning workouts like the sweat-inducing yoga flows or the reformer Pilates workouts without weights. You can also find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, learn to do dry brushing. How many times have we talked about dry brushing on this podcast? Aloe Moves will teach you how to do it. Unlock your personal wellness routine with Aloe Moves. Go to alomoves.com now and use the code MASCARA20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's alomoves.com, code MASCARA20. alomoves.com, code MASCARA20. Tonight's guest is Dr. David Rosenberg. He is a top facial plastic and reconstructive surgeon in New York, board certified, of course, nothing less at Fat Mascara. 
He did a fellowship at the American Academy of Facial Plastic Surgery and General Surgery at Lenox Hill. He's a big freaking deal, guys. He's also kind of known as the nose guy, right? Mm-hmm. He is the authority and primary and revision rhinoplasty, which I know a lot of our listeners had questions about, especially that revision stuff. We're so excited he took a break from his busy surgery schedule to come down to Fat Mascara and chat about all things rhinoplasty. So Jen and I have had a lot of cues amongst ourselves about this procedure. But then I, when I put the call out on our Instagram and on our Facebook group, we were absolutely inundated. So hopefully, Dr. Rosenberg, you can clear a few things up. Perfect. I'm all yours. I have to ask you, this is like, oh, this is one of the biggest questions we got. Are nose jobs really as popular as they once were? Because when I when I grew up like in the 80s slash 90s, I felt like every 16-year-old tells you something about like the town I was in, got a nose job for their birthday. But I don't really hear that anymore. I was asked this question recently, and I was surprised to see the answer on Google that was different than my own experience. Mm. So I Googled how many rhinoplasties occurred in 2018 compared to the past. Yeah. And I read data something to the effect that there's 45% less rhinoplasties now than in the year 2000. It was shocking to me because in my own personal experience, in my practice, I have never seen as much demand as this year. I performed 50 my first year, and I'm performing 300 a year now. Okay. So in my micro... It's most days of the year. In my, my Well, it's more than one a day. Yeah. They come in a series of mostly summer... Uh, or winter break, or April break, most of them, because it's going to be students, most of them. Yeah. And they're going to pick their holidays to have rhinoplasty. Sure. And during that time, facelifts are not being performed nearly as much, and that's nose job season. And I've seen, <laughs> and I've seen so much growth. So I was shocked to see the statistic. What it then made me think of is, well, how does someone actually track the number of rhinoplasties? How does an organization do that? Because I know that in my office, we've never been polled. No one's ever come to yeah, us. We see those stats from the mm -hmm. Academy of Plastic Surgeons. Exactly. And... But the Academy of Plastic Surgeons has never reached out to Dave Rosenberg and said, well, how many did you do last year? So I'm surprised by that statistic. And let's take it as it is. Let's say that statistic shows a trend that there are indeed less noses than there were. That is maybe because in the 1970s and 80s, there was this trend where mom would say to their, let's just say it was typically young women, daughter, mm -hmm. you're getting a nose job. You're 16. It's part of your sweet 16. Okay. <laughs> the daughter didn't have as much say in the matter. Today, 100% of the time, demand that the person who's sitting in my chair asking for rhinoplasty is the one motivating it. So maybe the importance of parental influence has gone down. So that could be a reason. And also, ethnically, I, there's a diversity in our culture now that's more accepted, maybe, mm -hmm. so that if someone does have a bump or a hook nose, it's not an obligation to get that removed. It's a, a matter of choice, and people are more comfortable with being let's put it in quotes, perfectly imperfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, that's the way the aesthetic is going. Very right? much so. So that on a national trend, this this could be, I have not seen it. Though. Can I ask you, a lot of people when I hear nose, they hear nose jobs, 
they put them into a category of did she have a good one or did she have a bad or one? Did or did he? Yeah. Or he? Or he? Yes, that was. Thank you, Jen. But before we even get into the different kinds of nose jobs, what does a bad nose job look like, and what does a good one look like? It's somewhat based on the time frame. Surgeon's goal and a patient's goal thirty years ago is so different than what it is today. So if you're looking at what those people who went into the operating room 30 years ago told their surgeons they wanted, you wouldn't hear that today. Do you think there was any influence at all because of, you know, we all have cameras in our pockets? Has that affected your work? The fact that like we know what we look like in a selfie at all times? Selfies are problematic in that the camera, the lens on an iPhone distorts the face. Oh, thank God. It magnifies the nose so that the first thing we do when a person pulls up a selfie and describes what they dislike about the nose, I put them in front of our photo screen and use an outstanding camera that does not magnify the nose in comparison to the rest of the face. Yeah, it's a foreshortening effect. Correct. It is foreshortening on the iPhone. Mm -hmm. So the people who do come in, if they have good pictures, they've often morphed them themselves. There's tons of apps out there where a a young person can image themselves and come and say, this is the nose I want. And that's actually an outstanding communication tool. Oh, so you don't mind when someone facetunes their own photo and they're they're like, this is what I want. Well, it's a good question. Today, for instance, I actually did a what's called a tertiary rhinoplasty, meaning it's been done twice before elsewhere. And she's now 50-ish. Her nose, when she walked in the room, to me was okay, slightly big um, compared to what this small woman's face would ideally have. When she asked me what I would do, I gave her my suggestions and I did an imaging. We have our own program and I showed her this and she said, that's not small enough. Mm. I said, okay, let's make it smaller. And I made it smaller in a way that was still appropriate and then I could perform, but I never would have gone there without that imaging program. Is this proprietary imaging? No, this is this is imaging that you can, any surgeon can actually okay. purchase. You purchase it. What you do with it is your artistic eye and vision. And then in the operating room, the, the real challenge is to match your image drawing. Do you have that sure. like up in the operating room while Absolutely. you're working? Absolutely. That's interesting. Yes. I want to shout out Shelby via Instagram. She asked, I love this question, which celebrity are people mentioning when they come into your office? Okay, the trifecta is going to be Kim Kardashian, Kylie Jenner, Kendall Jenner. Oh, okay. The, so oh, that, wow. Those three, by far and away. And then the other one's Natalie Portman. You might look nothing like Kim Kardashian. Oh, well, this is nose. the challenge. Okay. Um, you have a person with a very large nose and they'll pull up an Emma Stone nose, which is small. Mm-hmm. She has like a little button nose. Yeah. So if you're coming from Ireland, yeah, I can give you that. That would look so weird on my face. It would be very difficult to make a Persian nose, which is larger. Did you know my nose was Persian? I did not know. I thought you might might be Scottish. Scottish? Scottish. Jen. Good dog. I don't know what Scottish people (laughs) say. (laughs) Blimey, I don't know. (laughs) Okay, so this brings up a question. You're talking about me and my Scottishness and whatever. Who is a candidate? for a nose job? does Is it based on whether the patient wants it or whether the doctor thinks they need it? Like who is and isn't a candidate? Okay. So from the doctor's perspective, we're first going to talk about the health of the person and the maturity. We, we cannot do a nose job on a young woman who has not been menstruating for a year. Okay. Unless there's certain particular reasons that they're not menstruating. Okay. We want there to be a certain physical and emotional development. So the youngest we'll do is a very large nose on a 14-year-old that's affecting self-esteem. Okay. Okay. Mm. So once once we get 
past that, then you're, you're talking about how do we know someone's a candidate for rhinoplasty? We're talking about aesthetically a candidate. Is that correct? And psychologically, all of that. Okay. So let's start with aesthetically. The idea of most rhinoplasties that come into my office are to make them a bit smaller, a bit more elegant, and a bit more proportionate with their face. So you have to look at the bone structure, the cartilage structure, which is the tip, and also the quality of the skin. So that if the skin is healthy, not severe acne, Mm -hmm. if the bones are not broken and they're sturdy, if the cartilage is developed, it's generally a yes. You can operate on this and make it a more aesthetically appealing nose. The emotional challenge is going to be making the nose meet the patient's expectations. And that's where communication comes in. And the communication is going to be, I guess, three parts. It's going to be verbal, making sure you have a rapport with this patient, that you understand what they're asking for and that you can provide it. It's also going to be visual. I'm going to go through before and afters of my own work and see how they respond. I'm going to look at their faces and which picture that I put up there do they like? Which one do they like less? So you start to learn what they're seeking. So you're not listening to the words. You're also looking at their their face. Correct. I, I'm really and I'm you looking at the like. mom's face because often do you, do, you keep talking about young people. Is it, is isn't that the majority of your patient? Great question. So even no, it, it, there's there's two parts to this. There's the people who are pre college. And I would say that's seventy percent. Oh wow, you do a lot. Okay, seventy percent of your nose job patients are pre-college. Pre-college, meaning wow. they're going to be doing it from, I would think, the average age is sixteen and a half. Oh wow! And up to seven, eighteen, they want to go to college with their dream nose. I thought and, people all through the stages of their life get nose jobs, but you well, know what they you're do. Saying. But they're mostly in my practice. It is by far the ones who are getting ready to go to university and want to enter that university with the nose that they're going to have the rest is of Is it life. safe to assume that your practice is a higher socioeconomic level than the majority of the United States? I would say yes. Okay, just to figure out what kind of patient population we're yes. dealing with. He's in the yes. upper... Kids you know, who they can say, Mom, yeah, I really want just so this. we know yeah. the parameters it, it So back a, to what you were saying. It is, it is definitely an exclusive group. No, that's fine. As long yeah. as we know what we're dealing with, mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's... So psychologically, you want to... Communication. You want to make sure that you can give them what they say they want. Yes. So then we are watching at, mom. We're right. watching mom to see how is the mom's reaction. How is the mother or the father, who is it's often a group, interacting with <laughs> interacting with the patient. You want to have a handle. Like, do you want to enter this relationship or not? They're interviewing me, but I'm also interviewing them. The other group, the other thirty percent, is adults, anywhere from post college up into their sixties. Um, maybe even 70. And each age group's different. So let's work backwards from the higher age group, from the 70-year-olds. As we age, m- many of us find that our noses droop more. Yes. And sometimes the, the tip of the nose, I notice, can droop. I've exactly. On people. So the, to- the ptosis, which is the fancy word for droopy, of the tip that occurs. Ptosis? Ptosis. P-T-O-S-I-S. Oh. Is caused because the cartilages that hold the nose in place, they kind of loosen with age and they start to separate and the nose gets droopier. And so when someone comes in who's 70, you're really working on that. You're giving the tip support again. You're not breaking the bones at that age. So you limit the surgery to the tip. It's a very rapid recovery. Just the tip. Uh, just the tip. <laughs> 
Sorry. Go on. Um, when you <laughs> might see people here. in the 50s, 40s, 50s, often it's revision rhinoplasty. They, oh, they okay. did it 20 years earlier and they've seen that it's changed over time or they feel that it was too small or there was still a bump or there's a collapse. Those things are really common as well to fix. One of our listeners asked about deviated septums, Brittany from the Facebook group. She says, is this something that requires a, a nose job? Will it change the look of the face? I feel like it's one of those things that people used as like an excuse for why they needed a nose job. What is that? Is All that right. a thing? There's a wall between our left and right nasal airways. That wall that separates our left and right nostrils goes all the way back. And if it's crooked, it's deviated. Deviated means crooked. Okay. So it could be from a sporting injury like soccer, hitting a soccer ball hitting the nose. It could be the way you were born, the way you developed. But that crookedness is like a wall that constricts a room. It's crooked into one side of mm -hmm. the airway. So there are definitely people who have a deviated septum, cannot breathe. And during a rhinoplasty, it's worth fixing. In my practice, the other reason to do what's called a septoplasty is to get cartilage for making the nose to look better. So the septum's made out of cartilage, like our ear is made out of cartilage. Mm -hmm. And you can use that cartilage for something called grafts. Grafts are using cartilage to give the nose support or contour in certain ways. They're building blocks. So it's like a resource. Like, it, oh, we'll just take from the septum. Harvest. Egg, yeah. That is the word we use. We use the word harvest. Have you ever harvested cartilage from elsewhere on the body to put in someone's nose? Oh, this is a good question. You're going to harvest primarily septum. Okay. That is your number one choice. It's already near there. So you there. want a good but, thick septum. But what happens when someone had a rhinoplasty in the past and the septum was harvested already? It's gone. So then you... Do you not know until you get in there? You know if you, if you've done an exam. So every okay. person who comes into my office, I'll look at their septum, put a Q-tip on it. If it's soft, it means it's gone. The cartilage is gone. So where will you get it from? The ear. Oh, oh yeah. like the back of the ear? Correct. You make a little nick in the back of the ear and take the cartilage out, which does not change the shape of the ear. It's it's completely visually the same. Okay. But it, it's wonderful to use in your nose. Um, I have a question here from Rachel from our Facebook group. How can you best predict what your post-rhinoplasty nose will look like mm. on your face? So, Rachel, there, as we were talking about earlier, there's imaging programs now so that we will take a very high-quality photography in my office and on the computer program, morph the nose into something that will be very accurate for your post-op. Do all course. surgeons do that? I think that modern, high-end modern practices offer this service. So you can go home with a picture and like think about it. Absolutely. The most important thing though is not how the surgeon draws that image, but can they produce it <laughs> so that it is obviously easier to image something on a software program than it is to do in the operating room. So that that's the other part of searching out a, a good surgeon. Can we ask, how do you find a good doctor? Like if that's a good sign, if you feel like, you know, you're looking at before and afters, can they actually produce what they're showing you? But how do you even go about finding someone? There's, there's a couple of tools you can use that are really available to you. One is ask the people you know. Ask your dermatologist for recommendations. See if you have friends who've had the similar operation. If we're talking about rhinoplasty, see if you have friends or family members who've had rhinoplasty and ask about their experience. Look at their results. Go on doctor's web pages. Is the web page about sales trying to sell you or is it about information? Is it classy or is it about search engine optimization? Look at their before and afters very carefully because listen, doctors are going to put their best results up. Are the before pictures at the same 
um, angles as the after pictures? Were they carefully done or are they haphazard? When you go to the office, look at the cleanliness of the office. Look at the staff, how they communicate. Look at the bathroom. Look at the exam room. <laughs> Every single detail mm -hmm. needs to be perfect in terms of is that person qualified to put you asleep and do the work? That's how I would judge it. Are you under um, you know, general anesthesia? Is it local anesthesia? How does it work? A rhinoplasty is not done under local. So I would think it's uncivilized to put a, a person who, into a operating room and inject their nose to make it numb and do it awake. That, Have people done that though? I just yes. kind of use those terms. It, it is it is still done occasionally. Oh my God. <laughs> I would I wouldn't want to go through it that way because anesthesia today is so safe and in the best of hands, you walk out of there in, in an hour after surgery, perfectly fine. So the, the way we do it is we use the same medication as a colonoscopy, but we do protect the airway. And what that means is when you have a nose job, there could be a small amount of bleeding. And if you're asleep, you don't want that blood dripping into your stomach and making you nauseous. Mm. Um, so we protect that event. And the patient wakes up, has something to eat, and is out of there within an hour. Um, what are like side effects and recovery like? What do you what do you warn people about? I think this is a really relevant question. And it's Thanks. It's, yeah, you're on point. <laughs> you're on point here. So we've talked so far about the outcome, really the aesthetic and and how do we know if you're a candidate or not? But then let's talk about the experience. And, and one of the things I'll routinely tell my patients or every patient is what we're going to do in my office is provide you the most beautiful nose with the most rapid recovery. And rapid recovery to me means zero bruising throughout the whole process, a splint on the outside for six days. And when that splint comes off on day six, Either you're back to school or back to work, certainly by day seven. Wait, so all doctors, you're not going to have like two black eyes and whatever like we've seen in the movies? So I can only speak for what goes in my office now. And with the technique I'm performing, the level of bruising is a zero out of 99, That's one out insanity. of 100. insanity. What are you doing differently than other doctors? Some of it's going to be the, the touch you have, this the, the tactile touch so that for instance, you can take a book and slam it onto a table or gently put it down. You can use that same comparison for how you hold instruments and how you operate on someone's face or body, whatever it is you're doing. A gentle touch goes a long way. Another is understanding the anatomy and having that instrument in that perfect location at all times, avoiding every single blood vessel avoids bruising. The other thing, which is so simple, but almost always forgotten. Let's just say someone's bones are going to be broken. What that means is you take a, a very sharp diamond tip chisel at the base of the bone and you nudge it in to narrow the bones. Many people, if not all surgeons, will do that and then move on to the next maneuver. Mm -hmm. What I'm going to do is take my hands with gauze and put pressure on that site for five minutes. And that pressure stops any potential bruising that could occur from that Maneuver. Does that make sense? That makes a you lot of sense. You squeeze it and you squeeze it hard for five minutes. You're taking your time for a second instead of moving on to the next task. Exactly. Um, the other component of a rapid recovery recovery for us is pain control. Before our patients wake up, we uh, inject them with a very long lasting Novocaine like drug mm -hmm. so that you wake up, you feel nothing. Your nose is numb. <laughs> it stays numb that day. And all our patients just require Tylenol. And wow. I was going to ask about painkillers because a lot of people are so worried now. It's not required anymore in my office. That's good to know because a lot of people have surgery and your doctor just gives you these 
pain pills that a lot of people get addicted yeah, to. And... We want to avoid the opiates. Yeah. What are some other misconceptions about nose jobs? So one misconception about nose job is what does it mean to break the bones? Most patients think that you're going to walk up to the nose and take a hammer to it. Imagine you have a roof of a house. There's the left and right side of the roof, and they come together at the top of a triangle. Mm -hmm. When you break bones, what you're actually doing is bringing together the base of the triangle. And what you've done before that is you file down the roof. So the top you bring down, the top is the bump, and then the bump is gone, so it gets a little flat. Can you imagine this? You file the top of the triangle down, and now it gets a little trapezoidal. And that is why you break the bones. You are actually recreating that triangular shape by bringing the bottom of the roof together and the top gets together at the same time. And that brings us, I think, to our last question. I forget who asked this. How much does a rhinoplasty tend to cost in the United States? So, Not your practice. So I looked at this statistic. <laughs> Not the elite Horace man. <laughs> I, I think the average price in the United States right now would be in the $8,000 range. And that includes your anesthesia and whatever. In, in many areas, that would okay. probably include it. And then it goes up from there. Okay. Well, thank you for thank all the information. Thank you so much, Dr. Rosenberg. It's my pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. It is time to raise a wand. And this raise a wand segment is brought to you by Sparked at Ulta Beauty. We're raise, picking our faves from Spark to Ulta. Raise a wand. I was like, let me sing. Let me sing. What <laughs> raise, it, raise it, raise it, raise it, raise it. What are you raising a wand to? Zoeva, authentic skin, natural, natural luminous foundation. I lo- I have got a lot of foundations on the go right now. I've got, I'm going through a bit of a foundation period because yeah. I need to like... Feel. I feel like in winter you usually do this. Like you always raise it. Like you like a new foundation in winter. I've noticed that about Sometimes you. Sometimes you know me better than I know myself. It's weird because we spend a lot of time yeah. together. <laughs> so this one, what's the kind of I what's like the finish it. like? Here's why I like it because it is luminous, but it doesn't feel like um, – sparkly. You know, sometimes they can get a little too flashy. Um, This is very silky. It's very smooth. It lasts for a long time, which I like. And it's just like a touch of luminosity. So don't get scared when you hear like Like even I might like it. It's not, yeah, it's not Tin Man. Some of the ones you like, I feel like I look shimmery, but this one's like less than shimmery. I know which one you're talking about. That one really works for me too. Uh But like this, but this is the, this is actually subtler than that. So this is like a luminous foundation even Jen Goldstein could love. 28 bucks. That's a good one. I went with a delicious new facial oil, which I can never say no to. It's Terra Beauty Bars is the brand name. Um, Noit Rosehip Plus Watermelon Five Plant Facial Oil. I actually got the giggles when I first saw this because I was like, Noit. Like I was saying, night. How do you spell? It's N O I T E. I there's Italian essential oils in oh. these things, so I I think it might be Italian. Okay, I didn't do that part of my research, but watermelon seed oil is kind of cool. Watermelon definitely had a moment in the past year. It did, but this has all sorts of other good plant oils in it too. Yeah. And I like to seal in my skincare routine at night with this. Like yes. I like after I do my serum, you know, if I happen to need moisturizer, and then just like. Put on the oil is like my sealant. And this yes. is a good one for that. Let that be a PSA. Oils go on top. Oils go on top. They seal in. Do people not know that? Do they think of them like a serum and put them I on first? I think they do. Because even a lot of the brands, they will, in the back of the, the instructions, so it'll be like put on clean skin. And I don't If you're not doing anything else. But it's better than nothing. You but, need some moisture first. At least yeah. I do. I'm a dry person, yes. let me be honest. Yeah. So this is moisturizing, but I use it more like a like... Suck in all the goodness before I go to bed. So there you go. Love it. Raise a wand.
Thanks for listening. Our show is produced by Atwill Media. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Fat Mascara. Go to fatmascara.com to get a link to our private Facebook group and hit us up. If you have a beauty question, you can send it to us at info at fatmascara.com. We'd love if you send us a voice memo. We also want to hear your Reza wands. Send those to the same address, info at fatmascara.com. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review on iTunes. Just throw us some stars.